welcome back to another episode of What the HR, an award-winning podcast. I'm Jesse Novi. And I'm Mike Toole. The What the HR podcast explores how to build people-centric businesses through modern practices and approaches. New episodes are released frequently, so don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. Welcome back to another episode of What the HR. Today, we're joined by Casey Sarver, who is the Vice President of Human Resources for Knutson Construction. Casey has over 25 years of HR experience with strength and building strategic business partner relationships and establishing collaborative HR services aligned with company culture and values. When Casey joined Knutson Construction a couple of years ago, he sought out to have 100 conversations in um, his first 100 days of employment, uh, really with the the plan and the philosophy to rebuild the trust on the HR team and help align co- culture to company values. So in this episode, we talk about um, how Casey did and did did he actually complete his uh, his plan to complete 100 conversations, how he went about doing that. Um, how he determined who he was going to speak to, the outcome of those conversations, how that impacted the creation of his org design and development within HR and the types of roles that he was prioritizing that needed to be filled um, upon taking over that leadership opportunity. And then he also talks about um, the biggest takeaways and how it really helped to build the uh, values that they now strive for on their HR team. So um, know you're going to love this episode as much as we did. A big thanks to Casey for joining us on the podcast. If you are loving our podcast episode topics and guests, please do us a huge favor and head out to your favorite podcast platform. Leave us both a rating and a review. Doing a combination of both of those things really helps to ensure that our podcast episodes are gaining the strongest reach to other HR professionals and business leaders who would benefit from our incredible guests and guest topics. As always, thank you so much for being a listener of the What the HR podcast and enjoy the episode. All right. Well, Casey, welcome to the What the HR podcast. Happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm appreciative of the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, although I did a little intro to your background uh, via your bio at the top of the podcast, I would love for you to kind of share in your own words a little bit about yourself, um, current role, responsibilities, and then we'll um, jump in to talk a little bit about today's topic. That sounds great. And, And thanks again. So yeah, my name's Casey Sarver and Presently, I'm the Vice President of Human Resources at Knutson Construction. Um, Knutson's a commercial general contractor, uh, heavy presence in Minnesota. So Twin Cities and Rochester are our largest markets. We also have offices um, in in Iowa as well. Um, I joined the organization about two years ago. Um, Prior to that, I worked in both healthcare and also high-tech manufacturing spaces, uh, both with domestic and global operations, um, and in public and private and, and PE-owned um, styles. So, uh, you know, broad brush experience, uh, construction being a brand new lane for me, super excited to um, to continue my journey in this space. Great. Well, thanks for that. Um, so to, to jump in to today's topic, I know um, you had 
some kind of goals or aspirations for yourself when you joined Knutson a couple of years back regarding these kind of quote unquote, a hundred conversations. So can you share with us and our listeners about what that was and what that meant to you and, and the objectives around it? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to like anyone. I was super excited to jump into a new journey and a new industry. Um, and we all want to go and make an impact right away. Um, stepping back from that, I had to challenge myself to just slow down. You've got books that talk about your first 90 days, first 100 day plan. Um, but really talking with, uh, through the process of interviewing from the leadership perspective and understanding the state of where HR was for Knutson, um, I knew I needed to step back. The, the organization was 112 years old at the time. So clearly they're doing something right. Yet the HR function was looking for what was branded a rebuild, um, as it was described to me in honest terms. Um, the function had really just sort of dissipated. It was not function seen as supportive and collaborative. It was just sort of there. What does HR do? They're just sort of there. Um, so I had an opportunity that I was super excited about to just reestablish something that would look and feel different. Um, however, you can't just jump in and start saying day one, here's all the programs that are going to make a, a great impact on the organization. Um, in addition, I hadn't been in the construction space, so I have a lot of learning to do from an organizational perspective. And so the concept of going slower and understanding that I needed to be curious and go in with listening versus talking, um, I was able to just center myself around that. And then talking with our executive leadership team, they actually got really energized by that thought process. Our organization seeks to hear the voices of employees through engagement surveys and pulse surveys and things of that nature. Um, but I think they understood from day one the value of me being able to sit down a brand new person, which means a completely new lens, and hope that I could extract really how are people feeling. Uh, what's the, the current in the organization. Um, so that's where I came up with this 100 one-on-ones in the first 100 days. Um, at the time, I felt like I can pull that off. Uh, in reality, <laughs> it's it's harder to do um, than you think because there are things, they hired me for a reason um, and they wanted to start building the team. And of course, there's small fires you could focus on um, to put out, but they gave me the grace in understanding the big picture of how, especially in a rebuild environment, they knew that relationship building and credibility was going to be at the core of any potential success that I might have in the role. Um, and so I, to this day, I remain super appreciative of the way that they let me enter the organization. Yeah, very cool. Hey, so when you went in, Casey, and, and you talked a little bit about how HR was, I'm not going to say broken because that's not the term you use, but it was, there were, there were things that you felt to be fixed. Was that was that your discovery, like walking in after a week or so, or did you know that walking in that, hey, there there are these certain issues that that we're going to try to tackle that maybe within the culture of the HR team? I knew a dosage of it. Um, the the I think I met with 11 individuals as part of my interview process into the organization, <clears throat> and they were super honest. It's one of the reasons why I was drawn to the organization is I could tell they were humble, but very, very honest. So I knew that there was going to be an initial challenge of establishing some level of trust. Um, I would say in the first 20 conversations, it became clear that 
that that gap was maybe even bigger than what was described um sure in learning from from the leaders and and that was the nice part is i knew that i would be able to to be agile in my process and thinking based on what i was learning real time instead of coming in with a rigid you know well thought out 90 day plan um that can get you into a trap if you don't at first start to establish trust yeah I'm also really curious on like your communication style on these one-on-ones because when somebody new comes in and and you're the boss, there's there's always gonna be a little bit of a wall that's probably up, right? When you walk in and right, the new the new person wants to come in and talk to everybody. And so there's there's maybe a little bit of guard. So how how did you approach those conversations to try to get like the most honest feedback out of your team? Yeah, I love Sorry, that Casey. Before you answer it, I want to build on Mike's question. So all of the things Mike said, but also who, how did you go about determining who you were going to speak to? Because I'm yeah. assuming you weren't just speaking with HR people. You were wanting to understand other uh, shared services groups and the business. Yeah, both, both combination. Great questions. Um, I knew that, well, first off, I need, I'll, I'll address the last one first. I did not want this to be just Minneapolis centric. Um, and I wanted as much as possible to meet individuals face to face, but wasn't able to do that as part of, um, you know, my, my overall plan. So I did use teams calls to, to reach out, but I laid out by geography, by discipline or, or job type to make sure that it was a, a fairly even spread both across those geographies, but also, you know, construction, you've got office more office-based roles, but you also have field roles. And I wanted to make sure that I was talking to team members in the field and leadership team members in the field as well. Um, And I learned right away, I think the first project that I went to, I met an individual who had been with Knutson for 50, five zero years, um, which is, I I mean, that's a run that's unheard of um, in any setting. So that, that was stark for me in that thinking about just the generational lines that also are crossed in these conversations. I knew that going in with listening and learning to figure out what is what does each party need was going to be critical. Um, so that was that was my approach. And then how did I do it? I set these up as super informal. It was not talking about, hey, I'm Casey. Look what I'm going to do. You know, it's it was who are you? Um, I want to get to know you on a on a personal level. What drives you? Give me your story uh, in terms of pre and pre Knutson time. And then when you got here, how is your career going? What are your concerns, your worries, your challenges? It was almost a in-person real-time engagement survey, um, but dialogue driven. And what I found, I had concerns of like, I'm sure people will be very guarded based on what was described for me. What I found was a super inviting organization that was ready to talk. Um, Several people had told me, nobody from from past teams in HR had really sat down in this manner um, just to have a conversation. And I knew right then, I'm like, wow, what an opportunity um, to, to really bring them in to help reset how this is gonna feel. So, I love, oh, go yeah, ahead, go Mike. ahead. <laughs> we both got caught no, on I, mute there, but you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really curious what you found. You know, what what were some of your biggest takeaways? How did you synthesize that information? Um, you know, what what were some of the things that you learned that either influenced how you and your team were going to show up in HR 
and or maybe even things that like shed light on some business opportunities not related to HR, if if that's applicable. Yeah, that's it, a lot it, of questions. No, it really is. Yeah, it's it's totally <laughs> applicable. I, I mean, I had just copious amounts of notes. I'm, I guess, a little geeky. I put it all in a spreadsheet and try to slice and dice and sort it out um, to look for major themes. Um, what I learned about the, the team that existed, two words, humble and hardworking. Um, and I saw that and felt that as part of my decision-making to even join the organization. So it was, I don't know, super refreshing and and just awesome to see that, hey, what I, what I think I joined, I'm seeing and I'm hearing from a hundred people, basically a quarter of the of the population in the organization. So that was really cool. Um, to the questions I was asking individuals about what drives them, why are they here? What well, ultimately you're spending time. This is part of your career journey. What is it about Knutson? And it it all centered around it's the people I'm around. It's the value based, family owned uh, vibe that existed, and how they really didn't want that to go away. And so I knew that responsibility right away was on me to make sure that if we're going to make changes, you have to pace that in the right way because people are paying attention to how would a change impact the culture, the field, just the overall vibe. That was a major outtake. Um, and I, and in sharing that with leadership, they were, I'll say, not surprised and really, really happy that they felt like there was a well-defined field and culture um, that people wanted to, to cling to. Um, I also knew that because HR had not been much of a, I'll just say a, a driver and partner, that people were able to succeed and drive forward in their careers, but it was a lot often self-driven, um, highly capable team members here. Um, and so what I saw was this hope and this opportunity of saying, help, let us help amplify that. We want to be here for you. It's that servant model of of helping to push you and propel you forward and get you prepared for wherever you want to go in your journey. And so the trick was trying to, I guess, convince in a way, but prove over time that we want to just be that that booster fuel for you to go and do what you do. Um, I was very honest with people and saying, what do I know about commercial construction and projects? You don't want me doing anything on a project. Um, I want you to be doing what you do best. And it's my job to figure out how do we just unleash that power? Um, so that was major takeaways um, from my perspective. And of course, you had very different needs depending on where people were in their careers and generations. And, you know, we've been kind of sorting that out and putting programs online that we hope are reaching individuals at different points of need. Yeah, so actually, I'm going to skip to my second question because I wrote down two, but the last statement you made about different generations in the workforce, what did you find from the experiences from like your tenure? You mentioned the one of the first people have been there 50 years, but I'm assuming you also talk to people that maybe been there a year or less. And I'm wondering like what the experience gap is between those generations. And then also maybe coming out of it, if if you guys did make some changes, I'd love to hear about those as well. Yeah, I the, the nice part is, again, it goes back to the openness and just the, the high quality uh, team members that we have. I didn't know jumping into construction you know you i told people i'm i'm going into this industry it's going to be fun others are like wow do you know what you're you're jumping into it's awesome and there is a humbleness but an absolute pride um, by everyone because they're pulling off just these complex incredible things that build communities and what i found is if you just instigate a little bit of hey you know 
individual X may have been here for whatever, 30 years, 40 years. There are people that really want to learn from you. If you're willing to spend the time to teach, and if you can just make those connection points, you can just see it flourish and, and new people coming into the industry right out of college, you know, they have a lot to offer. They have new ideas. It's the convergence of technology, which, you know, somebody 40 years in the industry, they've been doing awesome things in a certain way forever. How do you share that knowledge uh, to, to, and really to just open people's minds to new opportunities and new thinking? Um, and so in our environment, that has worked, and we've been continuing to try to find ways to create these informal mentorships, uh, including, you know, really beefing up our internship experience and making sure that there's connectivity for people across the different disciplines within within our construction space. Jess, did you want to add on that? Well, I, I had, yeah, I had a question based upon some of the other findings, because you had mentioned earlier on, Casey, that one of the things that you were tasked with was building out a team. So I imagine you had some opportunities to um, really restructure HR. I mean, keep me honest here on, you know, kind of what some of your your um, uh, biggest priorities were that you noticed, but also that maybe you were tasked with from um, executive leadership. If you were tasked with building out a team, how did you use the information from these conversations to influence your org structure and the roles that you wanted to emphasize? Yes, great, great question. Um, so there were two individuals that were had been with the organization for several years um, and were part of a prior, you know, just a prior HR team. Uh, the leadership from the prior team uh, had had left the company. They had brought in an interim HR manager, and that was really just a sustained day-to-day operations. Um, and so they were part of the interview process with me, and they were super honest in just sharing their experience and honestly what they were hoping for um, in, a, in a leader. And so I wanted to be super close from day one. And and I obviously my success, if, if I was going to achieve it, was going to be heavily dependent on them both welcoming me into the organization, but being part of my uh, learning journey. Um, and they helped me do that a lot faster by being open and, and welcoming. Um, I'm always cognizant of spend in the HR space. I knew they were investing in my role. They were starting to invest more heavily in just the people function. Um, and so the plan over time was to just start to build out the team based on what I could determine as the needs going forward. So my first main role was to hire an HR manager um, to, to manage all of those you know, day-to-day functions at first, but also for me to bring along and hopefully pass along the things I've learned over time from a mentorship perspective and, and get them ready to do great things. And it was critical for me to find an individual who had empathy, who led with heart, and just had that pure customer service bent of we are here. I kept telling our team, you know, the store's back open. Like we want people coming into the store and we're gonna have, it's a long game and it's gonna be a successful venture, one interaction at a time. And so if we've got strong customer service, we're showing that we care, we live up to our commitments, and that establishes that credibility. It was my belief that over time, word would spread and people would start to come back in. And I'm happy to say that that's happened. Um, and we're not going to lose sight of the value of that of that customer service mindset. Uh, 
Um, we have added one additional team member now to really drive our core talent acquisition needs, um, which was a, a fairly gaping hole. Um, we had, you know, hiring managers having to do the the heavy lifting. And again, when when they learned, hey, we're going to bring that capacity and capability to you, um, as you would imagine, a lot of smiles. Um, thank you very much. I can get back to what I do best and not get in the trenches of having to go find new talent. So those have been the key ads um, for our organization and uh, things are things are going well. So you talked about kind of filling the gap in terms of personnel there. Another question I had was, as you were having these conversations, I would imagine that concerns were brought up by individuals. And I think when companies start seeking advice or opinions from employees, one of the fears is, is we can't change everything necessarily. So how did you, how did you frame it up to them? If, you know, if they had concerns, you want to help, but also understanding the limitations maybe that you had to make sure that people, you know, felt heard and that changes maybe were coming, but you, again, you can't like overpromise as well, which I think people maybe sometimes want to do right away. How did you balance that? Love that question. There's a lot of lot of aspects to it. Um, you know, I I relied on people to be open and honest, and of course, they're meeting me for the first time in person, and they're I'm trusting that they take me at my word. Um, the conversations that I started with, I, I made a promise that you know this isn't tied to individuals, and so it's a safe place for me to understand what's going on, and I would never I would never violate that by calling somebody out. I also made it clear that. I had was paying proper respect to the fact that this is such a long-standing organization, and I wasn't going to come in and you know kick a door open and have flares go off and be like, this, "These are all the changes we're going to make today." I wanted to pay proper respect to what is working, so that I don't inadvertently disrupt their lives trying to do something just because I want to do it quickly. Um, and so I I did consistently tell that message to everyone I was meeting with is, hey, I am listening. I'm here. It's it's me, a piece of paper and a pen. So I remember everything, but I'm absolutely paying attention to the needs. And what you tell me in terms of ideas and needs isn't just going to die on the vine. I'm, I'm going to track it. But yes, it is going to be a journey. There will be prioritization, but it's all to make sure that I don't inadvertently rock the boat while trying to calm the boat. Um, and so that was my approach. And I, I found that um, I knew people were chatting with each other too, a little bit behind the scenes of like, hey, I, I did have a really good conversation. You should go in and be a little more open because I felt good um, in the conversation I had. And that that was that was awesome as well. Um, so I, I think trust sort of grew and people weren't expecting immediate change. I think the immediate change showed up just by having a set of ears that was actively listening. Yeah, I'm just curious, you know, well, first, I'll put you in the hot seat here. Did Have you finished all of your 100 conversations? <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, I, I achieved it's, the goal. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. Okay. And now, you know, looking back, you know, for those that are listening, Casey, that are like, oh, I really like what he did, or I might want to do something like that. Is there any takeaways on things you would have done differently? Um, and then second part of the question is, you know, what's kind of your go forward plan now that this 100 days of of listening and implementation have taken place? I, I honestly, I don't know if I would have done anything. 
differently. And part of that is just the grace that I was offered by our leadership team to give me that space and time. Um, so I was blessed that they saw the value. What I was able to do was to step away with all of that information floating around my head. And then in talking with our HR team members, and I wanted to bring clarity to a new HR mission. If we're going to be a rebrand and a rebuild of a function, I wanted people to understand with a clear-cut manner, like what are what do we stand for? Why are we here? So we came up with what I call HR with ease, but E apostrophe S. So three words that start with E that describe our function. The first one is engagement, and that's right where I started in spending time with people, listening, getting to know them, understanding their needs, their worries, any fears, challenges, opportunities, whatever they wanted to pull off in their career, and hopefully right here with Knudsen. So engagement was first and remains first. Then it's enablement. Uh, then understanding, like, now that I know where you want to go, what tools, what resources do you need? What don't you have today that maybe I can play a role in getting for you or optimizing uh, what exists? And then the last E is empowerment. So now that I know what you want to do and where you want to go, now that we're hopefully helping you get what you need to do it, how do I get out of your way? How do I get others in the organization out of your way to unleash your potential? So engage, enable, empower is our mantra for HR mission. That all came out of just this aggregate set of, of feedback um, that we were able to get through those 100 conversations. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, sorry, I was I was going to ask if you can elaborate on each one of those E's in terms of like how, like kind of the how behind those. That's the mission or, the, you know, that's kind of the goal there. Like talk about each one of those steps and maybe what you implemented to make sure that you hit on those things. The engagement piece, you know, we, we've taken even a step back from, OK, you're here. Let's talk about what you need. We've integrated that much more into our talent acquisition process. Uh, we really drive at, okay, we, we've caught your attention with an opportunity at, at Knudsen. Why? Where are you in your career journey? Where's this inflection point that at least grabbed your interest? And so the engagement starts right there. And then us mapping out, this is the opportunity that and how it will look for you if you decide to, to jump in. Um, but spending time with individuals, making sure that we fan out both in office and field settings, asking a lot of questions. Um, I don't want that pulse, that concept of 100 conversations. I want those conversations going on all the time. Um, so that that's a main priority for us to, to make sure that we're keeping a, a, a pulse on the culture. Um, enablement, what we've done is completely shifted. When I stepped in, I we had a, followed a very traditional annual performance review cycle. Um, I will say, I, I, I kind of went through a one-year cycle of learning I wanted to see how programs operated and flowed so I could judge what's good, what's bad about each of these without just saying we're gonna we're gonna flip it. But we did flip it. Um, we 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 went from an annual performance review to what we're calling performance enablement, which is quarterly check-in meetings, shorter bursts. It might be 20 minutes, it might be 40 minutes, uh, you know, once per quarter. But it's really talking about Let's let's evaluate what we said we were going to work on the last quarter. What went well, what didn't? So it's real time Q&A dialogue, writing the ship per se, if something's not quite right. 
but real-time feedback, which I think people are demanding these days. And then focusing with clarity on, okay, let's map out what we're going to do over the next quarter. And those discussions kickstart the topics of resources, concerns about staffing, if there are any, um, anything that could be a challenge. And we're asking our leaders to show up differently and play their roles of removing barriers so that we get to that third E, which allows for that empowerment piece and allow people to take on stretch goals, fail fast, all that learning. Um, so those three are interconnected in that way in this performance enablement process. Um, people were super pleased. I, you never know when you try to roll something out, um, but I think individuals were wanting more often to get feedback. And I think leaders find the value because they're seeing uh, progress on projects, but also on career development much more real time than than waiting for a year after the fact. Anything looking back that you would have done differently? Any takeaways? You know, I guess I would double down. I would have said the next hundred days, I would have done a commitment to a 100 more conversations. Um, I felt good about having met at the time about one quarter of of our of our employees. Um, I probably would have said I'm going to double that down, but have my my HR team members play a role in it in similar fashion of just fanning out and having these these informal conversations, even though they had, you know, my my team members had had relationships with individuals. I think I could have pushed them out to have these conversations as part of the reset for the entire HR organization. In fact, that would be one thing that maybe I would I would consider. But all in all, I uh, felt really good about the outcomes. Mm -hmm. So, and speaking of the outcomes, I'm always curious when changes are made, like how do you measure the success of what you're doing? Did you put any parameters or KPIs in place? Like what are you measuring that shows that you guys are making progress and things are going in the right direction? We, the, the main measure is a, a very, very much a deep dive engagement survey, which I'm glad the organization has had an ongoing survey year over year um, so we can we can track trends <clears throat> as it relates to pushing out this new performance enablement process my take on it and just based on the gauge in in the workforce was start soft create the change don't over engineer the process because if you jump from one over engineered process to another over engineered um process, sometimes the adoption rate just isn't there. It just feels like another, you know, I've just got to follow these these mechanics and these rules. So we're kind of allowing people to free free form a little bit, these performance enablement discussions. And then we're going out and asking, how are they working? So from an employee lens, from a leadership lens, what's different? Are you noticing that you are showing up differently? Um, how is are the relationships going? Um, between leaders and and team members. So we are informally pulsing that while getting more formal results through this engagement survey process. And we know that will shape how much more rigid do we rigidity do we bring to the process if we choose to at all. We we may not. Casey, you you said this early on and then it was in the email too that Caitlin had sent sent to us just around this strong desire to build trust you know, something that may not have necessarily been there before. Um, so I wasn't sure if there was any other um, comments you wanted to give just on the, the the trust factor or if you felt like we had kind of covered that already just through 
the completion of the hunter conversations and the fact that just because those hunter conversations are done doesn't mean that those conversations with those folks and others aren't going to continue throughout your career with Knudsen. Sure. There is a, there is a connectivity when joining the organization. And again, me jumping into a new industry in construction, what you typically know is what you see. You see buildings, you see schools and hospitals and just awesomely complex uh, parts of the community. When the conversation started, what I realized is the construction space is it's a relationship business because there's so many partnerships that have to formulate in order to pull off these these great structures. And I, I picked up on that undercurrent of it's all about relationships and made sure that I was paying proper homage to that in understanding like, well, so are we. It's it's going to be about the relationship we have as HR practitioners in trying to do the right things for our employees. Um, one of my least favorite things, I'm again, a 20 plus year <laughs> veteran in, in HR, I still hear people say, oh, HR, I, I haven't had to quote unquote deal with HR in a long time. And you know, that's a crusher uh, when you're when you're in this zone, but um, I'm still cognizant of that feeling. I don't ever want somebody thinking they're dealing with us. I want them to invite us in. And so I knew the relationship foundation was going to be absolutely critical for us to start making progress in being invited in so that we could we could um, give the help that we want to. Mm -hmm. So the last question I have is you talked about the the three E's, but from a company wide like mission statement and values, was there any work done on that? So yes and no. Um, Knutson foundationally, uh, when we go out and partner with clients, we we have a it's a method and a feeling. We call it the Knutson experience. And and it is all about making sure that anyone that we are interacting and partnering with, whether it be a client, subcontractor, a supplier, or our employees, we want everybody feeling assured, inspired, and appreciated. AIA. So this this the Knutson Experience or TKE enveloped what we stand for, and that was foundational. And of course, when we talk about relationships and our desire to show up in more of a servant mentality as an HR function, there is a direct tie-in with the overarching mission and vision of the organization. Um, we are evaluating and then the process of understanding how do our existing values and how they're defined uh, are they still the right values? Do they still portray with clarity how we want the feeling to be when people join and live and breathe in this organization? So there is some discussion and work um, regarding our values. And of course, we're hearkening back to the feedback we've gotten through through the conversations I had, but also through other engagement means. Great. Well, thank you, Casey, so much. This was, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation and I know our listeners are as well. A um, couple of things before we close. Um, first, any, given that you might still be doing some building of your HR team, any open requisitions that you want to give a, a shout out to or are, are all current openings filled right now on the HR team? Didn't expect that, uh, that opportunity, but I, I'm happy to say we're, we've got a great team assembled right now and it's, it's scaled uh, for the right uh, 
perch of, of the company right now. Um, but we are, you know, as a company, we're looking to grow in, in a smart way. And I look forward to adding additional team members down the road. And for anybody Hi. that's for anybody that's thinking, wow, what a great idea, 100 conversations, 100 days, um, 50 conversations, whatever it may be, you know, if, if you could share maybe how they could get in touch with you, I'm I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but Justin, you're willing to to speak with with people about this and your experience on a one-off basis. Yeah, um, I certainly have a, a LinkedIn profile page that you know people can can go to and, and message me through that medium. That's that's no problem at all. Um, I'm always happy to have conversations. I I continue to learn daily um, from our team members, but anyone in the marketplace who's trying to do great things in the HR space. So I welcome any outreach. Awesome. Well, Casey, again, thanks so much. Uh, pleasure having you on and great to hear about your experience. And hopefully our our listeners will get a lot of value out of it. And I'm thinking you should write a book. I was thinking that the whole time. 100 conversations, 100 days. I think it'd be a great, a great <laughs> one. So thanks again for joining. Well, likewise, I, I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHEHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. 